two guys with more chemistry than any two heterosexual males should have came together on the BF Tangent to talk life, sports, and a whole lot of unedited truth. So give us an hour and we'll give you way too much information. Peace. And we're back. Back on the BF Tangent. It's been a been a while. Been a been a little gap between drinks. But uh, brought to you always by Overexertion Clothing. You can find them at overexertion.com. Oh, sorry, overexertionclothing.com and uh, Offroad Cartel. You can find those guys at www.offroadcartel.com.au. So what's been happening, mate? Not much, bro. But uh, the reason that we didn't drop one last week was uh, technical difficulties. We actually fucking recorded one and then... We weren't able to put it up because of just... Uh, I wasn't going to bring it up because I just fucking hate making excuses. Hard drive issues and <laughs> shit like that. Um, yeah, just... And who else are we... Did, oh, you said Off-Road Cartel. Got it covered. Just making sure. Um, today, we've got we've got a guest. It's been a while between a guest. I think the last guest that we put up were the Curran brothers. Yep. Yeah. And then um, tonight, we got uh, we got Ben Matthews on. Um, he... We... I know him from... Hiwi I. What's that? Hiwi I know him. That's just what you said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I know him. Brenton knows. <laughs> Brenton has vague memories of him. Yeah. But he went to our high school. He, um, he's gotten big into strength and conditioning and PT and cert. Uh, you got your cert. Do you have a diploma? Ex-science. Uh, so, oh, okay. Ex-science. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, your yeah. degree. Yeah. And... um. I, I wanted to get him on because he's he's done stuff with NRL clubs and he's done um, dove into that fucking balls deep. So yeah, for the mentally challenged like me, mate, what's egg science? <laughs> Exercise and sports oh, science. Okay, copy. Yeah. So <laughs> was that four year degree? Ah, uh, three, three. Yeah, yeah. X science is three. Um, X phys is four. So X four X phys is um, basically you're working. Um, in clinics, so you're almost like a physio aid. Yep. So yeah. So you can get in like hospitals and shit like that. But yeah, yeah the clinical side never really interests me. So that kind of stuff is when I was doing like rehab on my knee, I'd deal with a physio and then they'd push me on to Yeah, a, so basically after that physio treats you yeah. initially, yeah. So his, his little sidekick that actually um, takes you through the session if it's a bit more of a sports-based one, yeah, that's just generally going to be your EP. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 so that's an extra year. Yeah, and did you ever go to a clinic or did you get dive straight into the league side of stuff? Um, no, I never went to a, a clinic just simply because I wasn't qualified to, to that extent. Yeah. But um, yeah, it never. that's why I never did the four-year degree like working in a clinic never really sort of interests me, you know, okay. like the, your window of opportunity to work in that sports setting was a lot smaller, obviously in X science and uh, in X phys, whereas the, the X science background and knowing my league background, like I knew I could utilize and leverage those connections and, yep. and have a crack once I sort of got it, I'm sort of made my mind up once I got into my third and final year that I wanted to give strength conditioning a crack. Yeah. It, yeah it, cool. It's funny. Do you know, do you know Chris Ivel? No. Oh, okay. I was talking to one of my mates, Chris Savo, I was talking to him today and I was letting him know that we had you on the podcast oh, right. tonight. And um, he was like, oh, so what's his deal? And I was like, well, he was working with the Melbourne Storm last year. And he goes, last year, what are you going to talk about this year that he's unemployed? Or <laughs> 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 So what actually happens, you were just doing that for the year or? Oh, it was actually a decision that, that I made um, just before, or about six weeks out from the start of preseason to, to resign. Um, so yeah, it got to the point where I, I had to weigh up obviously, well, just 
to, to sort of run you guys through and, and all the listeners through. Um, even though I was employed by the Melbourne Storm working with the under-20s, um, they're actually based on the sunny coast. Um, so they played out of Kiwana there. Um, and that was a decision uh, made by, you know, the powers that be at the Melbourne Storm that their juniors coming through um, were probably best served not to be taken out of house and home yeah. and moved to Melbourne. And obviously from a financial point, it was going to save the club a shit ton of money as well. Yeah, um, It seems odd to run a camp out of... <laughs> out of the sunny coast for Melbourne. Yeah. yeah. But is that because for Melbourne to have an under-20 side and to have a, a decent competition to play in, that they were like um, looking at the figures and going, oh, it's better than to be playing in a Queensland, below Queensland comp competition. Is that the reason why they do that? Or? That, that was one of the, the big contributing factors, obviously. And then having um, Queensland-based clubs to disperse, obviously, kids that weren't making the 17 every week. So obviously there's no real comp in Vic. So, um, yeah. and that's purely why because the Queensland Cup level is so high. Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it wasn't even that they were getting dropped back to Queensland Cup. It, it's the, the fact that we had the the cult system there to, to yep. chuck them back into. Did they win the comp? The 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 Storm Twenties. No, no, nah? God, no, no. Nah. We were well off the mark, man. <laughs> um, yeah. To to be fair, it was it was a credit to everyone involved. Like um, I wasn't at the storm from the outset. So I actually came, I think round 10 was yeah, when right. I, when I started my employment, it ended up being, um, Exa, the, the current S and C at, at Wynnum. And he was, he was at East prior to that. Who is it? Exa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I played with him. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Of course yeah. you have Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he was there and, and basically with work and, and commitments traveling from, from Brazil, it was, it was just getting a bit too much. And, um, yeah, my connections with, with Trigger, who was the operations manager up there, Craig Ingebrigtsen. Yeah. Um, you know, right place, right time. Had the affordability to, to leave Redcliffe because um, I, was, I was at Redcliffe at the, that time um, working as the, the rehab strength conditioning coach yeah. there for the club. So, um, yeah, basically gave, gave Crush a call and said, I've got a gig on the table at the storm. I said, Sweet, go have awesome. a crack, man. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. So that was that. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It all. Yeah, it was a shitstorm. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. It was all over the shop to start with. Obviously, you know, walking in as an S and C coach halfway through a season. Yeah, you're sort of like fuck damage control. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So how do you go? Do you have to? Sorry, Freddie. How do you go? Do you have to sort of go in and then just get them all in the gym and assess them and then sort of custom tailor something for each player or just nah, blanket yeah. them with a. I was, I was sort of lucky, you know, it's not like, um, Exa left us high and dry. Like the, the windows of communication were very much there. It was just circumstantial as to why he was leaving. It wasn't like he was doing a poor job and then he got yeah. the fucking sack or anything. So yeah. it was just a little bit of, of to and fro with him over a few phone calls and, and checking out their programs and, you know, just ca catching up with, you know, who's got what injury, who's come back from what surgeries. Um, was there any sort of commonalities there? Is that related to any sort of training based, um, yep. stimulus and, and shit like that? So yeah, it, once, once you got a zero from there, yeah, there was no point sort of retesting anyone like yeah. it was round 10, like yeah. <laughs> it's go time. Yeah. It's all yeah. underway. Yeah. For sure. So what style, like when you're going into be the strength and conditioning coach for you personally, what kind of style do you bring into a rugby league club? Because I've, I, or the last Queensland Cup club I was dealing with, we'd go to the gym, we'd be doing fucking deadlifts, 
bench press, shoulder press, and then hit the field, you know, just yep. basic shit like that. But what, what injectables co- at lunch, yeah, yeah, just ma- ma- <laughs> making sure that we're hitting the steroids to keep the weight on during the week. But, uh, what kind of like what kind of condition program did you like kind of methodology? Pre- yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess for me, um, a lot of it is is focused a lot around post chain development. So, for for the layman who, who doesn't really know what the fuck post chain means, it's basically anything on the back. So glutes, hammies, calves, lats, all the way up the chain. Um, and what you find with rugby league players is they're always generally hyperextended. So they'll have that, you know, big flared puffed up chest, ass sticks out and you sort of see that duck tail in their very, hips. Very quad dominant. Yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. Um, and especially coming through um, juniors, you know, wh- when we all started in the gym as kids, like, what's the first exercise you fucking do? Is it bench well, press? Well, the fucking yeah. bench press. Exactly. Get on there. And bench press, biceps. 100%. So fucking bitches. It's, it's, when, yeah, it's when everything ant loaded, so yeah. anterior loaded. So <laughs> the shoulders come forward because the chest is getting bigger. You know, the back's not getting stronger. Um, and then that's where we become susceptible for all the shoulder injuries that come with, you know, not only the contact, but then all the collision fun that we have with rugby league as well. So um, from, from there, f- for me, it's, it's a lot of post-chain work. So, so working on the shoulders, working on the glutes, working on the hamstring function. Um, a lot of league players just don't know how to hinge properly. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, just to, to strip that back for people who don't know that sort of terminology, it's basically that, that isolated movement that you would see within a deadlift. So just, you know, forward flexion through the hips and yeah. then standing up as you, as you're picking that barbell up. So it's just getting that efficient because obviously if we're getting those glutes and hamstrings working effectively, um, we're going to minimize a lot of risk whilst running because, mm. because obviously, you know, when you got the running load, like you do and change the direction load, um, we, we need everything to be functioning properly, especially through the glutes. If those glutes are inactive, you know, you're looking for, for groin troubles, hemi troubles and yeah, it's all just going to become quite systemic. Yeah. Mm. Oh, like personally, I noticed my hammies are ridiculously weak yeah. and no matter how much, like I don't put the work into them that I should, but it's always a hamstring issue that I feel mm. is like, you know, when you do it on your knees, doing negatives to yeah, the ground, and stuff that like kind that. of stuff. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And, and that's sort of the, the hard part is, you know, you, you want to give them X amount of load, but the hamstrings will actually receive their greatest stimulus when you're running at your highest velocities. That's where you'll experience... Your, your highest strains of the hamstring yeah, right. so running that's that's sort of the rationale but behind a lot of running programs in league is because it's actually a really good stimulus for the hamstrings but then you sort of come through university and and under try and understand the importance of of glute and hamstring strength so you just you're like oh fuck we need to train that as well yeah. but it's not until you step back and realize hey they are getting a good stimulus here so i have to be careful with what load I'm giving them in the gym, especially like you said before, Freddie, when you're doing a gym session and especially at a, at a semi-professional level like Q-Cup, yeah. you know, you're doing a, a gym session and then going straight out to field or, or conditioning and then skills after that. Yeah. So yeah, it, monitor load monitoring is absolutely critical. And if, if not even more important, probably at the semi-professional level, because, you know, you're dealing with athletes that are working, you know, a lot of them are, you know, exactly. concreters, chippies, whatever, yeah. you know, even, even you might not think that, there's much if you're an office worker or a student, but the fact that they're sitting down a lot, that forward flexion, hip, hip flexors are getting super, super jacked up. Yeah. You know, they're not stretching enough. Yeah. So yeah, it sort of works both ways. Yeah. Mm. Gotcha. So yeah. And, and like what I kind of took out of it, especially with all my experience with doing at the semi-professional level, doing weights 
with your field work and stuff, you could take the weights out of it. I believe that the weight should be off your own back. Um, and then what you're doing, what you're doing in the, the gym for footy is just your, your very specific, um, kind of like your skill work, like your, your gym skill work, because I don't believe that you get enough, um, and, and this is when, when you're working and training just the three nights a week and stuff, I don't believe you're getting enough. Like if I get in there, do a set of four on the deadlift and then I go to the bench press and then we're all fucking around, just moving around so many boys in the gym, you're not getting that, you're not getting what you should be getting out of it, wasting time rather than just putting that into your skill work on the field and, and, and that kind of stuff where you, we, the programs that you need to have is outside that. If the boys aren't putting in outside of that, that little bit of like, just say they, they give us a half an hour before you hit the field, that kind of stuff. I, I don't believe that works where if you're training compared to a full-time training regime and then something like that is really going to be beneficial. But, um, but you know, I'm talking about clubs that, that their gym setup isn't the best. And then, mm. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But I think now that, you know, even since since you've played Freedy, like I don't know if you've even seen the setup at the sunny coast now in nah. comparison. Like it's no, nah, we were walking down, we were walking down to um, Scotty. Do you know is Scotty still around? But we had a strength and conditioning coach, Big Roy Rager. But um, we were walking down to his gym, <laughs> and yeah, it's totally different now. I believe because we were walking off off site to yep. go to a gym and then coming back. Yeah, it's heaps like you know, there's like four squat racks, four bench presses. Like yeah. that's almost becoming like the standard now oh, to sweet. to have that sort of flow and effect. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that competition for equipment and stuff like that is definitely yeah. becoming a lot less of an issue. Yeah. Um, you know, the standard of Queensland Cup is just going through the roof. Yeah. And, and when you've got even stemming down further, the reserve grade teams like that, like it's any wonder that we've seen in the BRL this year that, you know, the Norman B Gators and Karina pulled out. Like when you're competing against, you know, reserve grade um clubs like Redcliffe. Oh, that's right. Cl clubs that used to have those legit fog sides. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they've, they're training like Queensland cup players mm. and you know, you, you hear about <laughs> these other clubs like the Normby and stuff and they're training like twice a week. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like you, if you fucking wonder, but then you're scratching your head like, oh, you know, we were competitive on the weekend, but we're just not quite there yet. And you're like, no, you're just not fucking working hard enough. Yeah. Like that's plain and simple. That is it. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you're a reserve grader at Redcliffe pulling in 65 bucks or a Queensland couple pulling in, in 800, like you're doing the exact same amount of work. Exactly. And cause you, they need you ready. If someone's fucking injured, like you're going to move up the chain. Yeah. You know, same as like if someone's injured at the Bronx and everyone sort of shuffles up that rung, like you got to be ready to go. You know what I mean? So exactly. Yeah. The standards only increasing, man. The pressure's only increasing, but I think we're starting to see now that how much that pressure is starting to fucking eat into so many different people. And, you know, you're starting to see in the, the psychological issues mixed yeah. with all the cultural issues and yeah it's it's interesting times it's very interesting times in rugby league so what what have you moved on to now benny what's your full-time gig now uh my full-time gig obviously i'm i'm still investing a lot more time back into my business which is which is iron grind strength so that's always been sort of my my vehicle um financially in, a, in the private sector yeah um you know, it it doesn't take too much of a genius to realize that there's not not the greatest amount of cash in uh, sports strength and conditioning. <laughs> yeah. So whilst it was it was a good run and and I, I really really enjoyed you know all the teams that I got to work with Wynnum, Redcliffe, Melbourne, um, and the opportunities that that I was afforded. You know, yeah, you're not really met halfway financially, and I, I was um, driving from Brizzy to the sunny coast. You know, five six times a week. Mm. 
So, you know, that, it gets that, expensive. that it does get expensive and it gets time consuming and, you know, you're spending time away from loved ones and, yeah. you know, it's limiting the hours that you can work and actually make a wage where you feel like you are getting your, your money's worth. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when you do go and put three years into a university degree and, you know, that incurs its own sort of debt and, and you expect upon yourself some sort of return that you want to generate through your own business. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are a multitude of factors that obviously weighed into it, but yeah, more of the direction now that I want to move into is um, a bit more sort of uh, player mentoring and, and training development. Yep. So it's sort of that marrying up of, of the physiology and the psychology. So I worked briefly with uh, about half a dozen guys during the off season from a multitude of different clubs like North, East, Wynnum, Reddy, um, even had a couple of the Storm Boys come through as well. Yeah. Um, and just focused on, you know, the, the clear cut goals of obviously some things that they wanted to work on physically. But then um, on a weekend, we'd get together and, and I'd sort of facilitate a room where we'd, we'd touch base on, you know, a multitude of different things, just sort of getting to, to know blokes for blokes yeah. um, and what it is that they want to achieve in life, you know, is footy the, the overarching goal? Um, I, are you approaching the, the end of a career? Like we had a couple of season sort of cucumbers that were starting to, you know, build young families and, and eye off futures outside of football. So and then we also had kids that were, you know, 17, 18 years old that were coming through, you know, Mel Meninga ranks. So yeah. it was quite interesting to contrast that. And you'd be quite surprised when you get guys in a room outside of a rugby league setting, how quickly they let their guard down and how quickly you can sort of have some pretty powerful conversations. Um, you know, less than an hour into our first room, uh, one of the blokes had sort of gone through and explained how he'd gone on to cheat on his missus and subsequently got a divorce and yeah, right. you know, another one went through everyone's whole, like you fucking dog <laughs> <laughs> like a whole bankruptcy sort of issue and stuff like that so yeah, yeah man it's sort of like it, it, it cuts the cuts the room pretty quick and you, that's how you sort of create those bonds you know what i mean so yeah yeah that's sort of where i'm, I'm steering uh, my direction at the moment it's it's obviously not easy you know like uh, semi-professional players i think need the most help because as yeah. we've already touched on um the time is their biggest biggest problem you know they're investing so much to try and earn a wage but then they really love footy and then they've got families and this that and the other so there's so many things going on yeah. and, and their sense of stress around time and then money is is just multiplied yeah so trying to nail down that time so that they feel they're investing in themselves is really hard to get across to people yeah. because relaxing and doing fuck all sounds way more appealing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you find a lot of them lack a lot of direction, like in those groups that you're talking oh, about? A hundred percent, man. It's just like, and oh, I'm just riding the football wave and 100%, you know, whatever. It's just blinkers on. Yeah. I'm riding this motherfucker yeah. till it dies. That, that's why I reckon 20s, they fucking, like they're getting rid of it, yeah, 20. Mm, this is a last year. Yeah, and they got to. Because what it does is these guys are flying around, they're playing football, they're training full time. Mm -hmm. Even though they're not making good money, they're it's like they get jumped into superstardom. Yep. And then after that, they get dropped back to New South Wales and Queensland Cup. And they're like, what the At fuck? Best. Yeah, exactly. At and best. they're like, what the fuck is this? How come I'm not flying around anymore? And how come I'm not a big deal? I'm going into senior football, you know? And also that 20s comp touch football. Yep. It's like, there's no D. You're not versing adults. Mm -mm. That's... And I, I, I just think that it sets them up to fail big time. And that's why we see so much suicide through that kind of ranks because they believe that they're not hitting what they should be 
and they think they're fouling. Yeah. And they, yeah. And that's all they've had a goal for for their whole life. And they're yep. like, fuck, I'm not hitting that goal anymore. Even yep. though they don't realize you got to put in that few years of Queensland Cup or New South Wales Cup, and then you'll get back up there. But yeah. they just go from, oh, fuck, I'm getting dropped. Why didn't I go from there to NRL? <laughs> and then they, yeah, they I'm just. I'm going to be the next Lockyer. And, oh, exactly. Fuck, now I'm yeah. just chilling at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember the best thing that I ever got was when I was 14, I made the Broncos development squad. And they brought me in and they, um, it was with Cyril Connell. Yeah. Um, is that right? Yeah. 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 Cyril Connell, yeah. the mad scout. Yeah, yeah. 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 And Cyril Connell sat in front of us and, um, it was a bunch of us from all North side competition of Brisbane. There was about 18 of us. And he said, all right, guys, now that you've made this squad, um, put your hand up if you want to be an NRL player. We all fucking put our hand yeah, up and they're like, put your hand up if you want to be a doctor. Hardly anyone put their hand up. He goes, first of all, a doctor, you make more money and you guys have a higher percentage of being a doctor than being an NRL player. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, whoa, because <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to be a doctor. I'm not smart enough. So, <laughs> so I'm never going to be. But he just put in his perspective that yeah. being an NRL, it's like you're talking a 1% chance of getting that, getting that call yeah. up to be in the big show. And he just, he just was very, uh, Cyril was very good at, letting you know that and not blowing smoke up your ass, yeah. you know, yeah, unless, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Unless you're one of the boys that he's looking at, you know, yeah. that you can <laughs> yeah. see that in you, but mm. yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that, that sentiment around the, the vacuum it basically creates in that, that identity shift. It, it's, it builds a whole lot of, you know, pretense around yeah. who you think you are versus who you actually are. Yeah. And, and like you said, once it comes out and, you get dropped back to these Queensland Cub squads, you know, there's no fancy flying around, yeah. you, know, you know, you're not on Virgin flights with fucking videos every weekend and yeah, yeah. wearing the fucking Storm Polo anymore, you know yeah, what I mean? That's like, right. Snapchatting yeah. all the slots. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. no one, no one gives a shit anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's back to, to working a lot more and working harder and longer hours and mm. um, yeah, it, it's a big reality check for a lot of kids and some of them aren't up to it at yeah, all. Yeah, for sure. And they definitely, yeah, they... So Benny, before the podcast, you're saying that you're talking about something else on uh, another podcast yeah. that you got you got called up for. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So me and my good mate Nat, like he was the the former owner of the facility that I currently coach out of at the moment, campus over at Eagle Farm, and um, yeah, so we we started a, a bit of a podcast called the Extraction. Like I, you probably I told them I took it down, but you can probably still find it on SoundCloud somewhere, <laughs> and. Um, Obviously, you know, being in the industry, um, we, it was, it was even, it was just a comical topic. Like I brought up the, the notion of, um, a steroid based Olympics. So rather than everyone like freaking out about everyone getting like tested, um, and, yeah, you want to see the best of the best. It's like, fuck it. You know, it's like yeah. certain powerlifting federations, like GPC is like untested. So you just know some dudes are gassed up to the tits yeah. and you're just like, fuck yeah. Like, oh, well, if, if that's what it takes and if you don't like it, well, there's like three or four others that are tested. So yeah. go over there, like fuck off. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, I It'd be unreal to see, I reckon. That's so good, man. Like, if yeah. everyone's on it and it's open field. Yeah. Fucking, I want to see the guy that can lift the most yeah. under the influence of the yeah. most steroids. Yeah. 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 So yeah, we started just flossing that out. Like, you know, how good would that be to see like a steroid based Olympics, like a marriage, imagine like watching the hundred meter men's sprint and yeah. they're all on gas. Yeah. yeah. Like it'd be unreal. They're just racing cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then, so yeah, this is when I was employed by, by the storm last year. And then must've been like a day or two later, I get a call from, from Trigger, who's, who is our ops manager up there. 
And um, he's like, man, I've just got this fucking phone call from Frank Panisi, who's like the football director of the whole Melbourne Storm, of the whole club. Yeah. And and he's like, he's telling me that you've, like the integr- the NRL integrity unit oh, fucking has, has called him <coughs> and said that you've fucking been like promoting steroid use. <laughs> And I'm like, what the fuck? What do you mean? And he's like, you're oh. like, first of all, I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, fucking um, on some podcast or something. And then I've just, man, my, I'm like driving to, to training at this point. So I'm just like, my face has just gone bright red. I'm like, fuck, I'm getting the sack here. Like, this is yeah. fucked. <laughs> I'm just oh. like the 20s strength coach. Like, no one gives a <laughs> shit about me. You know what I mean? And, um, He's like, fuck, man, like, you've gone and done this avenue. He's like, man, can you, like, take it down? I'm like, yeah, like, it's no stress. Like, and then I actually told him, I'm like, you know, it's all a big joke. Like, this yeah. is all I was talking about. Never mention the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. Never mention, like, promoting that use in rugby league or anything like mm-hmm. that. And it ended up just sort of blowing over. But, yeah, like, and then I ended up catching up with Frank, like, later in the year because he had to, like, follow it up. So I get a call from Frank Panisi. And, um, <laughs> well, it's like Panisi motherfucker. I, I, I dare you to test all your boys in the off season yeah. and see what the testosterone levels are at. You yeah. know? Like, oh, but yeah, man. And then yeah, it sort of just got glossed over in the end, but he basically said that, um, it wasn't like the NRL integrity unit that found it. Someone had fucking dobbed me in. Oh, so like. You know, it's it's like this. Like, who cast, listens yeah. to this? Like our best mates, right? Like, yeah, so exactly. it was like someone yeah, in yeah. my proximity that yeah, had seen it. Yeah. It's like, fuck this cunt is success. I'm dropping <laughs> him into the NRL. Like, but, how dare he? Yeah. First of all, you're like Panisi. So you're telling me you listen to my podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Share. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. So now you've gone on to another potty podcast. And- yeah. So obviously. Um, coming in, like, as I was saying before, like a lot of time around rugby league players or use of time, essentially all the mentoring shit sort of fell on, it face, on its face for now. I'm still mentoring three blokes up at the sunny coast. Um, so I catch up with them on like a fortnightly basis and, and still go through all the fundamentals that I was delivering for the boys during the off season. But I've, yeah, I've essentially sort of just put it on, on stop at the moment. Are they still playing at the moment? Those yeah, three yeah. guys? Yep. Yeah. So they're your protégés, those three. Yeah, man, they're the little guys that sort of just break little things down. And it's so basic. Are they know? Melbourne connected or are they just nah. Sunny Coast? Yeah, just Sunny Coast. Yeah, yeah. So Alex Bishop, Sam Wright and Jared Cherry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I got those boys there. And Never I'm... heard of them. They must suck. But um, continue. <laughs> yeah, so we, we just... Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we hang out on just like a fortnightly basis. But yeah, yeah. started... Obviously, with that that big dividend of time that I've got now um, around my own business, because I've got run that semi-private model, so it works really well as far as you know contact time around the gym and and use of others. So I'm very much one of these people who don't like to just be stuck in one sort of mode. Like I like to be doing heaps of different shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'd never been more excited for a season of footy because when you're on the inside, like I fucking hated football last year, eh? Yeah. Like it was crazy. I would get because obviously you know. When we play in Sydney, we'd, we'd play before the, the NRL squad and we'd at least, like sometimes we'd stay overnight. So we'd, we'd get to stay back and watch the whole game. Otherwise, we'd at least watch the first half. And I was just like, I could give less of a fuck, eh? Yeah. And like you, you, you've you got like Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, like walking past you and stuff. And you're yeah. just like glazed. Like it's just like whatever. It's like you've, you've yeah. just got too much. Yeah. But now that I'd removed that, I was so excited for footy to come around again. And I thought, you know... 
I'm not exactly a retard when it comes to footy. I've got a rough idea of what's going on and I think I've got a, a fair eye for picking out little things in the game and thought, you know, some people might appreciate those So pretty thoughts. much just so, analysing each yeah, week. Yeah, just analysing, man. So yeah. I, I footy, footy rants. Footy yeah. rants, man. So yeah, at yeah. footy rants on SoundCloud? Or? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, only started last week. I've already punched out four. Cool. Fuck, um, I've only seen that first one. Yeah, man. man so I've already yeah. punched out four in like, yeah, a fortnight. Uh, so just at the moment, just working on like a, a preview review sort of system. Yep. Yeah. So just at midweek and then the start of the following week. Um, yeah, just playing around with a few different things. It's pretty boring at the moment in the sense that it's just me sitting in front of a camera. I'm just trying to work around the, the copyright issues and trying to get some sort of highlights. I don't know if I'll get yeah. away with it or not, but I'll play around with something and, and see what I can get What's away actually with. What's actually show the pro, uh, the highlights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just talk over highlights, man. Yeah. We, we should uh, we should come over to your house and just live call a game. Yeah. I, I'm renowned for falling man, asleep I actually on did the that for the Auckland. I actually games. did that for the Auckland Nines with one of my mates yeah. who were just on the tins. And we just had it live, but we were just getting sprayed. They're like, turn it around so we can watch Fox. <laughs> oh, so so it's just, just, it's just yeah. us watching it, talking about oh. it. So we're sort of half commentating, half just spraying people. Like It yeah. was really fun. Eh? We did it for like three or four hours. Yeah. Like yeah, It was cool. really good. So yeah, man, it's just about me. Just this is like a rugby league breakdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, so with with rugby league, we're fucking talking a shitload of league. But um, yeah. with um, league, what do you reckon the state of the game at the moment? Because I'm, I'm a mad... I'm a mad um, critic on and very, in a very negative way. I believe that they don't have the right people at the top. They're not doing the right things. They got to get rid of the dinosaurs that we've been listening to for fucking thirty years, mm-hmm. um, and start with. Do you mean the, the NRL or the clubs? Or no, like- the NRL. Yeah, I, I don't believe the NRL is a very well-run organization. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that they've got the best product, and that's proven by the way that you see that. Um, Super Rugby just keeps declining. Yeah, they're, they're they're on their um, their television viewers isn't isn't going anywhere. They still get good ratings on that, but their like their games, their live games, and the people through the gates is is continuously percentages are going down. But yeah. um, and then we've got this rugby league's got the best product ever, the most exciting game that we've got in Australia, um, and. For them to be able to run with that, I don't believe they do it in the the correct way. Um, it's yeah, I I just I just think they got to totally flush out and bring in a new like fresh fresh people to run the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So, but what um, sort of changes would you like to see, um, mate? I'd I'd a lot of changes I'd like to see. I would like to see us not knowing who's changing clubs during the season. Mm-hmm. I I would leave. I would put in um, some sort of system where we have a mid round. Um, a mid-round where people can trade. So just say you get to round 12, mm-hmm. there's a trading round. And nothing's talked about before then, but clubs will go, look, we want to trade this player out and try to get this player. And that's that's limited to that week. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we don't talk about player trading the whole the rest of the year. Yeah. Because, for example, it's killing me knowing that Ben Hunt's going next year. Yeah, right. It, when he plays good, I'm like, fuck. Even though I'm loving it, but I'm like, <laughs> shit, he's going. Yeah, it's and then it, yeah. also there's got to be there's got to be a clause put in there where at the end of the year they can do all their buying and stuff, and then after that they that should be before preseason, so we know that the people that are going through this preseason are going to be there for the year for the years to come. Hmm. So I'd, I'd I'd put in a trading round, and I'd put in some sort of draft system at the end of it. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, and and not not and and not sure. yeah not doing that stuff where people are still in negotiations after preseason. 
Does that follow the mold of like any other sports? It follows the mold. Of, it 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 follows the mold a lot of like they got to look at what NFL's doing. Yeah, yeah. So and NFL, do they do that in baseball, like heaps of swapping. And stuff yeah, like they that? do. They do trades and stuff. Yeah. It's so hard. strategic in in baseball the trades though. Like, oh, yeah, very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but like you know, if you if you had a trading round, I have no doubt that Wayne Bennett would be like, let's trade Ben Hunt now because they don't. Those guys seem not to see eye to eye. Mm. Um, Ben Hunt, I would be keeping Ben Hunt over Milford because I think Ben Hunt is a player that leads the team around. He's a leader for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Milford is a fucking awesome player and I'm so glad we have him. Yeah. But out of the two, for some reason, it seems that Bennett favors Milford over Hunt. Yeah, definitely. And then we, we lose that kind of leader. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think Milford has those sort of qualities yeah, in leadership. It, and it, it was evident last week. I actually went to the game. It was the first game I'd been to all year and, and we were up in the, the nosebleed, but it was actually quite a good view because you could see the whole field at, at any one time. And even though the Bronx ended up winning the game, like their speed of play as far as pulling shape and, and game structure was fucking dreadful. No. Like there, it was non-existent, like watching from that. And it was obviously put on to Milford to step up into that role as opposed to Nicarima coming into the side. Yeah. And you could just tell he's used to playing so flat because he's used to running those short side plays. Yeah. But he was staying flat. Like there was just no depth. But then you compare that to the shape and that swinging shape that, that LG and Taylor were running. Like it was second to none. Like it, yeah, it was man, so they put, they put in watch, a good performance. So the Broncos to didn't deserve to win that game. Mm. Um, but yeah. And just say you could run it. You could run a trading round that first origin game or something mm. like that. So we know there's not a lot of games on that origin week. But the fans could look forward to, and you'd televise the shit, televise a trading round, and that you know that it's just a big, like kind of like a draft, yeah. a draft round, yeah, cool. like and it. then it, and then at the end of the year, and then all the negotiate because when off season's off, we don't have a lot of football to talk about. Mm. But if 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 just like NFL, if you're talking about, oh, I hear that he might be traded to there, he might be bought from there, and they have a window where they can do all that. So we know before they hit preseason who's who and where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they need to look at that kind of Yeah, It'd, it'd help pipe it up a lot more too, yeah. like smack it, talking through all off season. Exactly. And also then, I want to ask you about this, <laughs> yeah. but I want players, and I've talked about this before, me and you on this <laughs> podcast, I want them to be like, yeah, we're going to fucking kill this team. I'm sick of this. Yeah, oh. well, we put in a good training week and I believe the boys are up for this game. And then they lose and they're like, yeah, we're just going to have to go back to the whiteboard and see what, uh, watch a bit of video and see where we went wrong. Fuck that shit. I want to see like Sam Thiday so be like, I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna fuck up Hardgraves because he's a piece <laughs> of shit. You know, that kind of stuff. And that's going to- more theatre. Yeah, exactly. More theatre. We get theatre at origin level. Mm. Why not put it through the clubs? You know, why do they, and, and everyone, everyone's going to understand yeah as soon as that um buzzer goes they leave it on the field yeah, but 100%. to hype it up that's fine yeah yeah and that's that's the thing that they got to take from other sports where you see the characters are the ones that draw a lot of attention 100%. and and why wouldn't like teams can be characters mm. in, well you've only got to look at the ufc now like exactly it's, and it's that's not what's the best fighters drawing the best fights me. like it's the one who can sell themselves as a brand mm. 
that are putting themselves in contention to get fights that they otherwise wouldn't other des- otherwise deserve. Yeah, mm. and it, and it's just like they've got when they're doing an interview, it's like they've got a PR person in their ear going, "Oh, just say that you trained well that week, and and <laughs> fuck, you fuck, just got to yeah, fuck, you got to and and just say they beat them sixteen nil. Yeah, it was a good game, but we have still got some things to work on. No, you fucking don't. You mm. just beat a team sixteen nil. Mm. You know. Yeah, yeah, you that see co- more character yeah, in the coaches kind of in the press yeah. conference than you get out of some fucking players. That, that's right. And mm. especially the be- the better players. Like Cameron Smith. Best, I, I think Cameron Smith is the greatest player to ever play rugby league. Mm. And I want to suck Darren Lockie as cock, but I believe that Cameron Smith has... <laughs> it's like, true. It's true. He really Yeah, does. I fucking... I, I love him so much. There's a thing back there with him signed. But, um, but Cameron Smith, just the last couple of weeks, I've been watching him and... Um, he, it's just you can't you can't argue that he's not the greatest player to ever live, and even Cameron, he's such a nice guy. But you know, imagine imagine if he just showed a bit of a character, and yeah, yeah, everyone would just jump on board way more. I think I think he does show a fair bit. I think because what he does demonstrate is how smart he is. Yeah, you know, he's very witty and he's very measured, um, and I think that's why he leads the Melbourne Storm so well because that's almost like how they play. You know, yeah. everything's sort of structured and. Yeah, he, he manipulates everything so well, man. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he is one of the best, if yeah. not the best, ever play. I just you know, want him to start longevity. using that BJJ on the field and just choking motherfuckers out. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just think he's he's the best because you look at his stats, and even though Lockyer is a total freak and he could read the game like no one else, but then you look at Cameron Smith making an average of thirty to forty tackles yeah, a game. Just the work rate. And he's goal kicking and he's a kicker in play. And, you know, it's just that kind of stuff that really jumps him up in the in the line of mm. being the greatest to ever play yeah, the game. Sure. And and he's so clean cut, his longevity. Yeah, never in the headlines. And his, yeah. yeah, his record. Like yeah. His game. So dumb, eh? Mm. Yeah. But uh <laughs> and also and also you can t- <laughs> and also he's not on steroids, you can definitely tell that. <laughs> yeah. Looks like a fucking forty board, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, me yeah. straight Leonardo Cabrio man board. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's in better shape than him. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's the, what's this? Um, Benny, I see that legend shirt, mm. and I'm seeing. I, I saw them advertise. What's the go with them? Uh, they actually know more. Um, Did it, they get copyrighted or? Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> just just for those people who are wondering, it's it's um that iconic image of of Joey Johns on the skateboard after the down the main street of Newcastle. Yeah, isn't yeah it? after the '97 Grand Final. So it's like a cartoon version of that. And yeah, one of my good mates that I used to. Used to coach with Jakey Harris. He started his own yeah clothing brand, Immortal Clothing Company, and yeah, about oh, Immortal. That's it. Yeah, so. yeah. It must have been going for like better part of a year. And they then, were getting good sales. Yeah, eh? man. Like he was doing, and then he started like a line of um, Darren Lockyer ones, like passing like a Milton Mango, and oh yeah, those ones are like um, Jonathan Thurston, like King of Townsville and shit. And what happened? Did they get approached by someone? Yeah, saying he basically got a tap on the shoulder from Joey's lawyers. Oh, and, right. But it wasn't from Joey directly. Apparently, Joey had been in contact and he's like, this is fucking awesome. Like, keep it up. Like, But then, obviously, yeah. the, the money makers that be was like, this cunt's monetizing your image. It's your IP, essentially. And, um, yeah, he just got the, the tap on the shoulder and it was like, close it down now and we'll leave it as it is. Or if not, there, there'll be some further investigations so that you probably won't be able to keep up with. So. That's totally shut now. Done. He doesn't do it Dust, anymore. Dust, yeah. So, man, we just got the relics. The relics. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So you—they must have gone up in price now, mate. Yeah, I know, man. So if Living anyone wants to offer me anything for it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we went, man. I got—we got straight into that. But how was your week, Grant? Anyway, I was all right. Yeah. 
Any, any good stories? No, nah, no good stories. I thought I, the, the story I told last week that didn't get put up there, I, that Seagate Road one, eh? I don't even remember. Did they cut up? Okay, so <laughs> then he was... <laughs> fucking good story. Yeah, I was driving down a Sandgate Road a couple of weeks ago and um, we actually recorded... Oh, yeah. We actually, we actually recorded this in the last time it didn't get put up. but And I, I think it was Friday afternoon. I'm heading home. It's like three o'clock in, and I'm in traffic going up Sandgate Road towards Rose, going Junction. towards... Junction Road. Junction Road yeah, yeah, going yeah, towards yeah, yeah, Willow. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking up ahead and I'm like, fuck, there's like, there's this bitch running across the road. And I'm like, it kind of looks like she doesn't have a shirt on. <laughs> and I get closer and closer <laughs> and she's full tits out. And we're talking G's just swinging. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, I'm stuck in traffic. And I was like, just jaw hit my dick. And then I'm looking around at all the other cars and I'm like, are you guys seeing this? And yeah, just this topless girl running through the traffic at three o'clock in the afternoon. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. It gave me a bit of wood, but <laughs> it was just, yeah. It, and then ever since I've been driving up Sandgate Road, right, like every, every single afternoon at, at three o'clock, like, she did look, she looked pretty cracked out. <laughs> um, she was talking to herself. Yep. She had a needle yep. hanging out of her vein. Yeah. So. She was pushing probably like 35 to 40 oh, she was on her way because to the, yeah, yeah. Th those Perfect. were th those Just were for bra fitting <laughs> those tits were getting very south of the border that um gravity i still managed to masturbate in my car really quickly before the light turned green <laughs> yeah but no it was pretty good then she ran straight across to the kfc and i saw her go into the kfc but the thing i was look, i was looking at out this like there's a family car next door to me Johnny, and, and no. the mom it looked like the mum noticed but she was just like hoping the kids did it but yeah it was fucking awesome because there's not in in your normal day of work there's not many opportunities to see a nice set of boobs no uh, definitely not uh. not just floating down Sanford Road yeah, and geez of all things yeah that's right so if yeah if you gotta if you gotta go anywhere from around that area just make sure to hit Sanford Road was she rocking the dinner plate native nipples or they were bigger but still like I'd hit it for sure oh yeah 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 but he <laughs> <laughs> got brushed. He actually asked her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, Do you want to hop in my rape van? <laughs> and Benny, you, you a UFC fan? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You watch it on the week uh, on the weekend? Yeah, man. It was it was, it was interesting. Yeah. I don't think anyone uh, saw saw Jacare getting fucking finished like that, man. Like <laughs> no, unreal. Eh, so man? what do you think? So going into the fights, uh, Whitaker, because that the last fight against. Um, who did he verse? Like Bronson, mm. uh, last f he beat in Melbourne. Yeah, he yeah. beat Bronson, um, and no one kind of saw that. And then they gave him this fight because he won that. And and seriously, I believe they gave him this fight just to keep um, Jacare happy and yeah. and give give him another fight before he fights for like closer to a title. And Whitaker just seriously looked like How he was strategic. Was it? Oh man, it was brilliant. It was phenomenal. Yeah. The, the way he got the knockdown, got a few punches in, and then just disengaged because he's like, "This can't." Will That's just right. Wrap didn't me jump up. in. Didn't like, jump in. Yes. And when oh, when Jackaray took his back at the start, I was like, "This is fucking over." And defense, then he grappled though, out yeah. of it. Yeah. So fuck. Good. And but you see, Whitaker's got this weird thing where he's got his hands are down a lot. Like Jackaray's hands are down. Whitaker keeps his hands pretty low, but his Whitaker's front kick. Is it's very different to everyone else's, I believe, but it's so far fast and it does keep them at a distance mm. where they, he can then throw those real like overhead, overhead rights, rights yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, I think 
he's he's exactly what that division needs because you've got all these other guys like uh just um, older man, yeah, rock yeah. old, yeah, yeah rock old and stuff. And now, as soon as he won that, rock old wants to put, call him out. I reckon Whitaker's going fucking awesome because yeah, now he's getting thrown into the list of the big names. Mm. Start getting some good paychecks. Mm. Yeah, that's I'd right. I'd love to see him fight Masasi. Mm. It'd be such a cool fight. Yeah, so um, Masasi's got to get through. Who's Masasi's next fight? Has he been? Yeah, I think Masasi's um, first in Damien Meyer. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Shit. Yeah, so that's a fucking task, Jesus. man. You get pulled to the ground, that motherfucker, and yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not lights out, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Do you think Weidman's dust? Um, Weidman, oh, Cause, mate. Because Weidman lost in that controversial... The thing, the, thing, the thing with Weidman is you could have given him... Just look at when he, when he fought, uh, what's his name? Big Royd Freak. Oh, Belfort. No, um, the last guy, uh, the... Oh, I missed his last fight, bro, sorry. No, uh, what's his fucking name? It was name? the fight before. He was the fight before this. He yeah, lost yeah. because he threw that, um, he threw that spinning, no, spinning back kick was against, uh, was against Rockhold yeah, and he yeah, got yeah. caught. Yeah. Uh, this one, he, he went for, he went, he dove in and he got hit with the knee. Um, it's, oh, it's one of the, against? it's one of the yeah, top yeah. contenders. I can't even think who it is. Oh, was it Romero? Romero. Mm. Yeah. So <clears> his <throat> last one, he fought against Romero, but before yeah. that he's winning that fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, and yeah. then, and Rockhold, a lot of people could argue that he was winning that fight before he threw that disgusting spinning back heel <laughs> thing. And then he, so he, he gets two fights that he did something weird yeah. that lost him. And then this one's brought him on his three loss fight. But, um, Actually, I was, I was totally wrong. It's not Masasi that's um, got that fight next. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and with Masasi, he won the first round. Yeah. And then Masasi was dominating the second round, but shouldn't have been stopped the way it was, and it was totally controversial. So I see a rematch happening there. Okay. Um, I, I believe they owe him a rematch. But, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, you know, you hear a lot of people say that that rocked him and that he would have just finished after that. Yeah. But, I think Weidman Weidman's in that top five for a few for like a few. Was that, was, is that three in a row? Technically, he's lost. Mm. Yeah, that's three in a row. Yeah. So he's got to do something. Mm. Yeah. Who but, who wins GSP Bisping? Oh man, I kind of hope Bisping wins because <laughs> I, me too. Fuck yeah. GSP, man. I'm gonna say it. Fuck that cunt. You can't fucking just fuck off to like other fucking parts of the world fighting in different things and then just be like. Yeah, I'm coming back for the right price and then like be a stickler for money yeah. and like just delay, delay, delay and then finding, oh yeah, I guess it's all right now that Bisping's champion. But do, I... you, do you think, like they said, do you reckon Bisping's looked at the roster? I mean, sorry, GSP's looked at the roster and gone, yeah, I think that's a win and that's why he's fighting that division against Bisping. 100%. because Yeah, 100%. I reckon he's taking the easiest option. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, it just after he beats Bisping, He's not going to fucking fight Romero or anything. No way. You know, it's like he'll, he'll probably try and fight McGregor, get the cash, get knocked the fuck out, and yeah. leave. Well, you know, today they were talking about. So I heard a thing Dana White said today that um, McGregor and Mayweather's closer than ever. They've pretty much signed off McGregor's side. Wow. So McGregor said, yep, he's he's agreed with the money that they're owing. And Dana White, for the first time on TMZ, said, yeah, this is probably going to happen. So they think that McGregor will pull seventy-five million before pay-per-view, 
So if just for the fighter, we'll get 75 million and they reckon Mayweather will be around the hundred million and then whatever they make on pay-per-view. Which will be disgusting. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for, for Dana to say that, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. 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 He, he just said, look, we've pretty much signed McGregor and now it's just dealing with the, um, what do they call it? The TMT, uh, the money team. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that he said that's a whole nother animal. But man, yeah, I think a ticket to that thing will be fucking worth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I think the fight that everyone thought could like was totally joke is so close to happening, and I think it's going to happen sooner than what everyone thinks. Because at this stage, you'd think that Conor McGregor would want to get this fight sorted out, make his seventy-five mil, and then get back to fighting another UFC oh, fight because he doesn't want to be out of that picture for too much longer. No way. No. Yeah. Because time flies already. Like how long's he? How long's it been since? His last fight now. Who, McGregor? Yeah. That was... Was that November? Yeah. It, was, it, it wasn't this year, was it? No. Yeah, yeah. It was November. Yeah, it was the end of last year. Yeah. That was phenomenal, that. Yeah. We saw that coming. Oh, yeah. Like so, a finish like that. Yes. Like, he was absolutely outclassed Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. I'm so keen to see him back in the ring, but... For this, for this next... Who, Alvarez? Mm. Yeah. I can't believe he, he's... 211 is such a good And he's card. just on the... He's on the undercard. Yeah, he's I know. Quite, he's, he's main event in the undercard. Yeah. Oh, man. Insane. Mm. It just shows you what... If you're a draw or if you're not a draw. And if you're not a draw, they're going to just... Yeah, fuck, fuck you around <laughs> a bit. But um, what do you think... For you, Benny, What who's pound for pound greatest fighter at the moment? You reckon mm. it's Demetrius Johnson? It's, it's After hard. watching that fight? It's it's hard to go past like just because you see him in between rounds and he's just so calm. Yeah, so calm. Yes, sir. No, sir. Okay, sir. How high, sir? And like he's barely puffing, and this dude is like meant to be like some freak. Like he just does not get submitted, and it was just like, nah, got your arm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See ya against a uh, world champion black belt <clears throat> jujitsu guy. That could, um, what's his name? Is it Weiss? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he said that he would he would have so much rather been knocked out unconscious. Mm -hmm. He goes, it was so embarrassing to get yeah. tapped out on that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he it's just the thing with Demetrius is you he they throw him a who's meant to be an Olympic wrestler. He out wrestles him. They throw him a BJJ guy. He f submits him. Yeah, that stand up who's meant to be a strict stand up. He'll knock. He'll try to knock him out. Yeah. You know, that's that's the kind of thing that I reckon makes him yeah like pound for pound greatest of all Crazy, time. Yeah. And also that he's on a 10, 10 um title defense streak. Mm. <laughs> Unbelievable. Because that's a record now, isn't it? Uh it's equal. Eagled. It's oh, equaled okay. Sil uh, Anderson Silva's record. Yeah. And um, so the next one, I think they just got to give him a gimme. And then allow him to either take a super fight against like Garbrandt or or Cruz, yeah. yeah, and then just make some cash. Mm. Have you guys heard the um, podcast with Cruz and and Joe Rogan? Awesome, dude! How good is it? Yeah, man, he's unreal, so dude. Don't he's so smart. Yeah. yeah, just like picking the gold out of it. You know, like the fact that you know when he speaks about having that opportunity to essentially retire knowing full well that he didn't have to. And once once he knew he didn't need the sport, it was exactly when he started getting all his success. Yeah, I think if you mirror that across so many different parallels in life, like that's when you're going to have the most fun. Yeah. yeah that's where I've sort of got to this point. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like with all my, my strength conditioning, it's like I don't need this to feel fulfilled. Like w one of the conversations I had with myself, like I sort of played out the scenario of actually getting the head gig at the storm. And I was like, and what? Like, what's next? 
Yeah. Like, and it's always like, why do I need to wait for that to happen to, to feel fulfilled? Yeah. So when I feel like helping someone stopping thoughts of like wanting to fucking kill themselves is like 10 million times more powerful to me. And even if that's just one person I've ever worked with, hmm. yeah, like that's a win in my books as opposed to programming fucking three by six squats. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like the, exactly. the level of influence is just yeah. unparalleled. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that was, that really resonated with me when crew said that. Yeah, yeah for sure. So it was powerful. very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, man. How about yeah. told, um, Johnson pulling the pin, eh? No more rumble. I thought that was a bit of a shock. Yeah, yeah massive did, shock. Yeah. Definitely didn't see that coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and now they're saying like it's like fucking you just can't leave us in the loop of what you're going on to next. Like he's he's got all that stuff uh he posted in his Instagram with the Rams and was it the Rams, I think? I that, don't know, I didn't yeah, see anything. They, yeah, yeah. yeah, so the Rams saying and then people are like, Oh, I wonder if he's going to play NFL. Everyone's like, Shut the fuck up. He's an athlete, but he's not that kind of athlete to just jump into an NFL, but they reckon it might be like a front desk kind of job. Um but then talks come out about him, they reckon that he pretty much threw that fight. He just wasn't in it, one foot out the door, he didn't really care. Mm. Um, and with this stuff about him coming back and saying that they, he wants Daniel Cormier to get stripped out of the title because of the, the what was your thoughts on the tailgate. Oh, definitely. Fucking obvious definitely. Though. Yeah. But he got away with it and everyone was there watching him. True. And I don't believe that what was it? 0.5 of a pound or like it was 500. Um, it was like, I thought it was a couple. I thought it was two pounds. I could be wrong. No, I think it was like half a pound. Right. And, um, for him, if, if he had a half a pound like on or or off, it would have made a difference of how much he just dominated that motherfucker, yeah. you know? Yeah. He got him to the ground. There was no... It was just exactly the same. It was a repeat of the fight they had before, so... Mm. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you really have a, a leg to stand on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. I just got to go chuck a piss. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Now, with your strength and conditioning stuff, so did you just purely focus on that or did you were you quizzing the boys about diet stuff or anything like that as well in the background or when I was at the storm at the storm or, or just in your general in programming general, that you do? Not not too much, man. Like it's it's never really been a super, super strong forte of mine as far as getting in depth of the yep. ins and outs. Yeah. And obviously, you know, with, with the workload that a lot of league players experience, like it's not exactly hard to see why even pro athletes eat like dog shit. Yeah. Like, they can essentially get away with it. Like yep. they become like this high functioning machine. And I guess where it starts to get complicated and it pays to know what the fuck you're putting in your body is again, like we've been speaking about shit that happens after footy. Yeah. Cause <laughs> you, get, you only have to look at, at blokes that, that retire and you know, six months after they've put on fucking 10 kilos because yeah. they're not doing anywhere near the amount of work anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I kept, if, if there was guys that obviously had weight issues, yeah, yeah, it was questions, you know, getting them to fill out food diaries and shit like that and, and seeing what we needed to clean up. And most of the time it was just removing shit, yeah. you know, as opposed to really adding too much. Yeah. Not so much um, fast food. And stuff yeah. Like that. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just a convenience thing. Again, going back to the whole time money issue, you know, shit food is cheap hmm. and, and you don't fast. have to prepare it. Yeah. So it's, it's super convenient for the athlete, you know, the, the hours 
that they're training they're they're out late you know and yeah. they're just cruising home drive through go home smash it down go to bed you don't have to spend that extra half an hour 45 minutes prepping and eating it you can be done finished your dinner by the time you've gone bought it eat it in the car then you're home yeah then you have to shower and just go to bed yeah like it just that that time taken away prepping you can add that to your sleep which is obviously they value a lot more too so yeah, yeah it's sort of that catch 22 but um, there's obviously been a big shift in that at the professional level. You know, everyone's got nutritionists, dietitians, and all that. And yeah. and you only have to look at. I was look. I was watching. Um, was it that Broncos Insider on Channel Nine? I think they were talking about with yeah yeah mm, yeah yeah yeah. They were talking to. Um, the Sorry, bro. It's uh, Masvidal. That's what I was thinking about. It's Damien Maia versus Masvidal. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's yeah, coming yeah. off the win against Cerrone? Of course. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, we lost I, our spot. I think it was, it was Herman Herman Assessi. I'm pretty sure they were talking about when he came up from the dogs and how you know he was just his diet was dog shit and he was carrying way too much weight and yep. and their argument obviously at that level is is fat mass is wasted. Yeah, you know when when you need to be big, strong, well, powerful, and if you, if output, you can, if, yeah. yeah, if you can turn that into lean mass and that's you know strength, force, outputs, that's going to be way more beneficial. Mm. And he's way lighter than what he ever was, and he's performing ten times better. Yeah. So yeah, at that end, you know, every the the accumulative one percent is what we speak about at that level is is what goes a long way. Like, is it gonna win us a comp? No. But if I add ten of those variables together, could it? Yes. So let's yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. So that's the sort of the, the view you sort of take with certain shit like that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. How'd you piss game, mate? Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think about old love on saying get rid or <laughs> No, because it would have gone to Rex and it wouldn't have gone in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um Benny, a lot one of the things we do on this podcast is I'll always tell an animal fact. Yeah, go. So just because it's animals is it's, my go. Yeah, man. it's I uplifting, man. Shit. Rather than always talking about depression <clears throat> shit. Oh Brenton, you got any four wheel drive news? Yeah. Oh none? No. Nothing's happening in the four wheel drive world. It's quiet at the moment. I'm going, well, sorry, the, the Sunraiser 600s on this weekend, which is the um, second round of the ARB series. And also, I've been uh, been privileged enough to draw the Navi seat in the 59 next weekend. So, oh, I'm really? jumping in with, with our buddy Luke Ayres and going out to St. George for the first round of the AORC. So, that's the first round of the Australian Championship. Yeah. yeah so St. George is in West, is that Western Queensland? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. So yeah. I'll uh, I'll keep you posted on that. What sort of distances is, is that race? That'll be three hundred and ninety nine k's. Yeah. Shit. So yeah, in a weekend. In there. Yeah, it's good. Fuck yeah. Good fun. So. What sort of cars are you, are you racing? These are in buggies. Yeah. Well. So this will be in a buggy, which is the top level. So. Yeah. Yeah, they they're good cars, man. Like they have you know, twenty inches of wheel travel and and you know. Oh, some of the guys out there have like 800 horsepower and you know we do Jesus you know, Christ no you can do sort of 200 kilometers an hour on dirt so yeah, yeah it's pretty cool That's it's crazy. good fun how big's the field uh, there'll be oh I don't know I haven't seen the entry list for this one on the weekend but Another big race, like probably one of the biggest races we have in Australia, is the Fink Desert Race, and that sees over 120 Jesus. entries. Jesus, yeah, man. So know. yeah, yeah. So they get a big field, and that same race is iconic. It's an iconic motorbike race, and they have over 500 motorbikes that enter that as well. Yep. So yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. So it's good, man. It's good, good fun. Gear. Sweet. Carry on with your animal fact. Animal I facts, just fell asleep and woke up. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, um, hostile. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's his running joke. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, so um, the uh, the African giant poached rat. So I saw this, I saw a feed or something, and uh, I saw it, the picture was a little rat in a little like dog walking harness. Yeah, and I was go, like, yeah. that is classic. And I didn't even read about <laughs> what he was talking about. But um, they're called the African giant poached rats. And a Belgian... You're saying uh, poached? Yeah, like poach eggs? poached, yeah. Okay. African giant poached rats. That's what they're calling them here. But uh, What do they look like? Give me a bit of a rundown. They're pretty fucking big, man. I'll show you a photo. Are they called poached? Like, because, like, what it's they like look like? It's like a fucking possum. Yeah. Oh, it's Lord. like the it's size like of a small fucking, cat. Yeah, it looks yeah, small. We're looking at like a picture a of the size of a small cat. Yeah. A bit of a quoll. Looks like a fucking booby, eh, Brady? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, a Belgian no, non-profit organization has, um, has done, like, studies and stuff and found out that these rats are better of sniffing out TNT than the dogs that they use for yeah. landmines. So what they're actually doing is they use these rats to sniff out landmines. And also with their light weight, when they wa- if they find a landmine and walk over it, it doesn't set the landmine off. Oh, of Heaps course. less mess too yeah. if they do set one That's off. right. And no yeah, one fucking gives a shit. Yolo, bro. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that like their weight and stuff makes them the perfect candidate for discovering hidden landmines by sniffing out the explosive TNT. Uh, even, even decades after the landmines are laid, they can, they can sniff this stuff out. It's a lot cheaper for them to do it with the rats yeah. rather than training up dogs and stuff like that. Um, in, in 2013 mines that were, be- uh, mines and other buried explosives caused about three and a half thousand casualties worldwide. And, um, in a landmine report, um, and finding these hidden explosive challenges, uh, with, with the amount of people and stuff like that and dogs, they, they're like, oh shit, there's got to be a better way in that. So they're just training up these, training up these rats who's and the, like, it, like, the yeah. the fucking, the dude in the room that's just like sitting on the fucking rat idea. He's like, yeah. today's the day, darling. I'm going to yeah. go in there and they're going to fucking listen to me and I'm bringing up the rat fucking solution. And we're going to make it. <laughs> Yeah, so they reckon one of these rats can search over 2,000 square feet in 20 minutes and an area that a uh, human takes up to about four days. Jesus yeah. Christ. And, um, and yeah, and then since uh, they reckon they've helped about uh, to clear about 13,200 mines from the Mansfields in uh, Tanzania. Um, Tanzania, Tanzania, Mozambique, and is that, Mozambique. Is that right? Mozambique, yeah, Mozambique, Mozambique, yeah. Yeah, and Angola, you and, Angola <laughs> and most recently in um, Syria, Cambodia, <laughs> Syria, Cambodia. <laughs> Wait, Cambodia, <laughs> Cambodia, Syria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cambodia, <laughs> yeah. the old Cambodia. But anyway, yeah, rats sniffing out landmines. I thought that was pretty classic. That is really classic. Yeah. Good rats. Yeah, good, good rats. Yeah, good rats. Fucking huge too. So the size of small cats. <laughs> yeah. The poached rat. Oh, man. I can't wait to visit Cambodia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shoot. just really hope they clean up things in Syria. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's tragic over there, eh? <laughs> it is fucking tragic. What's your take on that, Benny? Are we going to go to World War? Oh, man. Fucking. What did you think of the mother of all bombs? <laughs> oh, Trump, man. Trump, I reckon he's just got there and it's like, you're kidding. How did I fucking win this fucking popularity bullshit? Yeah. yeah. And oh, mother of all bombs. I don't know, man. It's such a classic American name too, the Moab bomb. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's the mother of all bombs. Isn't it funny how like, 
I mean, obviously, you, you spending some time living over there playing footy, Freddie, and you, you hear that, how proud they are, and it's the greatest country in the world, yet everyone over there fucking complains about their circumstances. Exactly. It's such yeah. a... I find, yeah, I find that they, uh president is way more idolised after their time in office. Mm. So you look at things like George W. Bush, people when we were in the term of um, Obama, yep. they're like, oh, George W. Bush was a good president. And then we had, and then they had, we had Obama. Yep. And a lot of people, and me looking from the outside, looking in, being, knowing nothing about politics. No, and I was thinking, fuck, this Obama guy seems like a good president. Yep. And then they, a, a lot of people t- took hate to Obama. But, and then, and then we move on to this and then in a couple, maybe in a year or so, they'll be like, yeah, Obama did a very good job. The biggest one is I think Clinton, when Clinton was in office, everyone was like, oh man, you know, he's getting his dick sucked in the fucking Oval Office and shit like that. But then, and, but Clinton is like now considered one of the best presidents ever. And everyone's like, yeah, what a mad dog. Memes of Clinton fucking checking out the first lady and (laughs) she's just looking back at him. He's like, "Mm." <laughs> but yeah, but what, bitch? sex pest, eh? But uh, so, yeah, supposedly he's still he's still slinging dick around. World War Three, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if like as a global society, like we're too far past that. Like it just can't happen because basically there's certain powers that be that have so much firepower that it's just like. This whole place is just going to get fucked if yeah. we all tee off. But you just don't know. Like, North Korea is just such a cooked, isolated place. Yeah. Like, you just don't know. The hard, Yeah. The hardest thing with North Korea is whatever footage we see out of it, you can take with a grain of salt. 100%. Like, you know, what, what, what time were you seeing? Like, was that filmed? Or if they haven't, you know, if they haven't amped it up to look better than what it was. Yeah. And if you go if you go off what you see in the media, it's just they're having tank parades and fucking marches yeah. every day. And <laughs> yeah. and like you and then you yeah, read formation. And then you read those like the missiles and stuff that they're showing in there. The bombs they're they're just proto they're just du- dummy bombs, you mm. know, like mm. they're not actually um functional functional weapons and stuff like yeah. that. And the marching parades they just cut and edit from other stuff. And then when you see um what's his name? John Kim Jong-un. Yeah, Kim Jong-un. When you see him, that they always edit that from other stuff. He yeah, might not yeah. actually be at that. Yeah. But it's just, uh, it's like it's that dangling that there. carrot in front of the donkey it's all, to the world, just mm. saying, look, you better, you guys better check yourself because this is what we're doing over here, even though it might be and all... Putin's just like, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Putin's just like, I don't give a fuck yeah, when you show me. riding horses naked and shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a fuck. Oh, that man. fucking mad bastard! <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's and then we got Australia, like, and then we got Australia just sitting back going, yeah, "What's going to happen?" Turnbull just <laughs> <laughs> sicko. Uh, oh man, nah. World politics is not my forte. Hey, like, nah. If they just, if they just look to the politics of Sandgate Road and just everyone be free and open <laughs> and show those G-sized titties. That's right. <laughs> and if I'm lucky enough to suck him while she walks past, sweet. <laughs> On, on that note, Benny, I'd I'd like um, for us to pass on something you should probably give to your mentors, and um, it's something we always sign off with, 
And it's when life throws you lemons, you need to say, fuck it and crank the biscuit. And by the biscuit, we mean limp biscuit. <laughs> so whenever your boys are feeling down, just fucking play some limp biscuit for them and all their troubles will be gone. Well, Benny, thanks for coming on, bro. We really appreciate it. And hopefully we can return the favor on your pod. Yeah, man, now, for sure. just drop your pod's name again so people can follow you. Yeah, so it, it's Footy Rants. So if you just Facebook Footy Rants or, or YouTube Footy Rants, um, yeah, you, you'll find me on there and... Yeah, hopefully over the next few weeks we can uh, in- increase the uh, editing qualities. We, and sure. were you getting? Are you getting some listeners on there? Yeah, man, we got a couple. We got a couple hundred on the on the first on first few. Fuck, yeah, that's man. good, man. Yeah, so yeah, man. Is that fun. through your YouTube or through SoundCloud? Through YouTube, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because you got that vid going. Yeah, yeah. exactly, man. And yeah. then obviously you know marketing such a precise sort of um, package. Well, you know, footy too, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, sure. and obviously with all my connections, like it, it's, it's an easy sell. Like yeah. oh, what's this cunt got to say about the game that I like too. So yeah, everyone's got an opinion on footy. So for sure. Yeah. It's fun, man. It's good. It's ah, good. It's awesome, That's what I like about it. Yeah. Sweet mate. Yeah. I'll keep watching, man. I find it, I find it good. Perfect. All right. And if you want to follow us, we are at the BF tangent on Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, SoundCloud. Sounds like we've got a bit going on when I say it like that. Yeah. Girls, and if you want to masturbate to some fucking hot dudes, check out our Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. This is the BF Tangent. Don't forget to tell your friends. Peace.